0: This morning our scripture text is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 46, and actually one of my favorite Psalms, and unfortunately we sometimes have certain verses that we share at different times. I have to confess to you that more often than not when I do a funeral service I'll read Psalm 46, and I do so because I believe that it's just filled with great promise and encouragement to us in a time of need. And I want to encourage you to uh, to turn with me, please, to Psalm 46. I'm going to read uh, the 11 verses. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I've entitled the message this morning, Our Refuge and uh, we've been uh, certainly living in some trying times these days. Uh, most of us have been uh, kind of faced with a little bit of uh, testing and I think there's a little bit of uh, temptation uh, in the process and certainly there has been a a process I think of some tempering uh, that has been going on in our lives as we have been forced most of us to do things a little bit differently uh, than we normally do. Uh, many of us have uh, been finding ourselves we have to do a thing called work from home and uh, more often than not that always sounds like kind of a fun thing to do it seems like it'd be an easy thing to do but it isn't always that easy to do that and uh, it's been a little bit interesting and a little bit challenging as we reach out uh, via many of the many of the means that we have today and I think maybe if anything we ought to stop and be thankful about that I mean we're living in a day and an age when we not only have the telephone uh, that you can call somebody but i mean how many times a day do you find yourself uh, texting one another or maybe sharing some information through email uh, individuals i know i'm not i'm not a facebook person uh, most of you know that but uh, many people get on facebook and share all kinds of things and and it's interesting that we actually can share a lot and we can be alone and yet together in many respects even this morning as we share together in the sanctuary here we have the privilege of sharing with people that are at home and uh, trying to stay safe and to make sure that they stay healthy and uh, It's good to be able to be in the midst of the body of Jesus Christ together because we're gathered around him. And in the midst of this time, as COVID-19 has kind of certainly caused us to be people that have been separated and we find ourselves in in a very uh, simple way, sometimes searching, trying to figure out what's going to happen next and what's going to be taking place next. And uh, I have to confess to you, I have run across a few people that basically are simply scared At what's going on and uh, there's a lot of fear that has gripped a lot of people uh, within our society as well. The psalmist calls us to pause just a little bit and to lay aside our assumptions and our conclusions and he reminds us uh, that we need to know who our refuge really is. I read a cute little account of a couple that uh, went uh, shopping at the mall and uh, while they were at the mall the place was packed. And uh, while they're going through the mall, the wife uh, walked through the mall and was surprised when she looked up that she didn't see her husband anywhere. He was nowhere around. And uh, she was quite upset. They had an awful lot to do, and they wondered, she wondered where in the world he'd wandered off to. And because she was so worried, she called him on her mobile phone to ask him where he was. In a very calm voice, the husband said, Honey, said, do you remember the jewelry store that we went to about five years ago? When you fell in love with that diamond necklace that we could not afford at the time, and I told you that I would get it for you one day, the wife choked up a lot, and she actually began to kind of cry just a little bit, and she said, yes, I remember that jewelry store. He said, well, I'm in the store right next to it. (laughs) You know, sometimes we make some conclusions and we try to make some, uh, uh, some uh, uh, observations and they aren't always correct, they aren't always true. Uh, we can jump to the conclusions and I want to suggest to you that we need to even be reminded from time to time, when we look at our life and our world and we look at the things that are going on, uh, when we listen to the Word of God, we need to stop for just a little bit and not jump to conclusions. Let us hear what our Heavenly Father has to share with us, what he has to tell us, what he has to encourage us and to show us. The Psalmist says in very simple terms, God is our refuge and strength. A very, a real, okay, present, that means now, help in trouble. And we need to be reminded of that every day. I think not only just in times like this when we're facing an outbreak of COVID-19, Uh, But I think in our everyday lives, we need to be reminded that God is our refuge and strength. He is our very, our real, our genuine, present, right now, help in the midst of trouble. This psalm is not only an instruction, but it is an invitation. He invites us and he calls us. He calls us to see some certain things, and I want to suggest to you that he calls us to, first of all, see his provisions. If you take a look at verse 8 of the text that we've read, it says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. And it goes on to say that he maketh the wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. I want to suggest to you that one of the things that the psalmist calls us to do, one of the things that I believe that God calls you and I to do today, is to stop and to behold the works of the Lord. It's interesting that uh, so often we, we find it easy to dwell on the past. Especially if there's been a problem, especially if there's been a tragedy, especially if there's been a failure. By the way, a little bit of a side note. I've mentioned this many times before in my preaching, but I'll remind us today uh, that uh, that is actually the way the enemy operates. Uh, One of the things that uh, the enemy does, one of the things that Satan does, uh, one of the things that the devil does is is that he's very quick to remind us. He is is our adversary, and he is the accuser of the brethren. And so, therefore, he's the one that's always reminding us, you remember that time you failed? (laughs) And he'll point it out to us. And uh, whenever we find ourselves uh, talking to somebody else, and we're saying, oh, I remember that time you messed up. (laughs) We're really, what are we doing? We're really doing the devil's work. That's what we're really doing when we do that. Because the reality is is that although uh, uh, the Lord certainly deals with our sin and our failures and our faults, the truth of the matter is that he's not the one that brings them up again. The scripture says that he takes our sin and he separates it as far as the east is from the west. The scripture tells us that he remembers it no more. In other words, he doesn't bring it up again. And uh, here we find ourselves, just humanly speaking, we have a tendency to dwell on the past. We have a tendency to go back and to think about those problems and the tragedies and the failures. But here today, when we look at this scripture text, when we hear the psalmist, the Holy Spirit is telling us, listen, we are called to see God's provisions. We need to see God's provisions. Over in Psalm 103, verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. In Psalm 68, 19, it says, Who daily, I love this one, Who daily loadeth us with benefits even the God of our salvation. He daily loadeth us. He covers us. He fills us. He, he provides for us his wonderful benefits. We need to take the time in seeing his provisions. We need to take the time to, first of all, remember. Instead of trying to guess what's coming next, I want to suggest to you that we need to take the time to count our blessings. There's uh, that wonderful, beautiful hymn that tells us to stop and uh, in the midst of life, in the midst of all the things that are going on. We need to stop and what? And count our blessings. Many blessings and name them one by one, and it will surprise you to see what God hath done. We need to stop and remember those things, and we need to take and count our blessings day by day. We have so many blessings that we have received. And, brothers and sisters, I'm not for a moment suggesting that we kind of slough off the concept of the seriousness of of a sickness or a disease or a virus that's going around. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that as God's children, We need to take a few moments and take a good look at what we do have. We need to see the blessings that we do have. It's not what we don't have. It's not what we're not sure of. It's not what we can't see ahead. It's really an important thing for us to stop and to see and to remember what God has done. I don't know about you. I'm going to tell you this morning that God has blessed me. I can tell you that. I, you, I, maybe you don't know that you're blessed, but I'm going to tell you that I've been blessed. Uh, I will be glad to share just a word of testimony of, that I've, I've been blessed. I've been blessed with a great family. I've been blessed with great friends. Uh, the Lord has poured out his blessing on, on my life in so many ways. And you're going to say, oh, so you're a rich millionaire. Oh, hardly. <laughs> I'm not talking about financial things. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. Uh, but I want to tell you that we can trade all of those earthly things We can trade them all away because guess what by the way uh, in eternity They really mean nothing when it's all said and done What we need to do is recognize the blessings that we have In 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 our in in our lives and in our families and our friends in our loved ones and brothers and sisters I want to tell you I know for a fact that I've been blessed uh, There's been many times in my life when I didn't know how God was going to provide But guess what? I found out every single time he provides exactly what's needed at exactly the right time. Now, I'm usually debating with him about what's needed, and I'm usually debating with him about what the timing ought to be. But I found out that God always knows exactly what I need, and God always knows exactly, exactly when I need it. And he provides it in those terms. And we need to stop and remember that in our lives. And I want to suggest to you we need to take some time, and in these days of, of, of kind of having some extra time, Maybe stop and recognize, maybe actually get out a piece of paper and do what the hymn says, or count them, write them down, and number some of those blessings that you have. I want to suggest to you that we need to take the time and not only remember and to see his provisions, but we need to reflect on those Now, I want to tell you right off the bat i 'm not talking about the foolish concept of what we call mindfulness today. Uh, I have to tell you that it bothers me a little bit of how people are so quickly sucked into all kinds of things and there's individuals today that that espouse this whole concept of mindfulness and they try to teach people. it's all it is is really it's just a, it's a modern takeoff on transcendental meditation it's all it really is And uh, brothers and sisters, I want to suggest to you that uh, you can spend all the time you want trying to reflect upon your inner being, and you can try to spend all the time you want to reflect upon uh, what might be out there in the midst of nature and the power of nature. I want to tell you today, I don't need to try to look to nature. I don't need to try to look to my inner self. I can tell you, I can look to the one that's created it all. And that's God himself. And I need to spend some time reflecting on that. I need to take the time. Uh, to actually engage in the act and the art of meditating on God's word, taking time to note his blessings and his timing and spend a little bit of time reflecting. A uh, couple weeks ago, uh, my uh, most recent grandchild was born. I've told you that, and if I haven't told you that, I'll tell you a few more times. Uh, but uh, uh, my my most recent grandchild was born, and, and like as we have every other time when all the others were born, Uh, we, as soon as we possibly could, we went to see him. And I had somebody that mentioned to me, like the day after, says you mean to tell me that you drove four and a half hours up to New York to see the baby, and then you drove four and a half hours back the same night so that you could go to work the next day uh, just to go see the baby? And I said, no. I drove nine hours to, first of all, see my grandson. (laughs) And second of all, I drove nine hours to see God's signature. I know people that line up in a line to be able to read the words John Hancock on the Declaration of Independence. I want to tell you that every time you look into a little baby's face and every time you look at a child's little fingers and toes and all the little eyelashes and everything else that's there, all those little tiny things, you're looking at the signature of God. And when God signs something, I want to show up and see it. And, you know, brothers and sisters, we need to stop and we need to reflect on the wonder, on the beauty, on the awe of what God does. We need to see his signature. We need certainly to take the time to behold the works of the Lord. We need to take the time to then also rehearse them, to repeat them, to certainly give testimony of God's working. And brothers and sisters, I want to really challenge all of us here and all of us listening to take the time. When's the last time you told somebody about something that the Lord has done for you? Now, we don't have any trouble in these days to discuss all, what, all of the things that are going on in our world. And we talk about what the numbers are uh, of how many people have gotten COVID-19. We talk about how things have been moving in different places of Pennsylvania. We certainly ought to be concerned about those. We're concerned about them everywhere. Uh, Most of us know people in lots of other states and living in some places where uh, there's actually been a a fairly major outbreak, and we need to be concerned about that. I don't know about you, I'm just very thankful that in our area it's been very, very minimal. Uh, We've really been blessed in that way. But we need to take the time to not just look at those things and repeat all those things, but we need to take the time to rehearse, to repeat, to share what God has done. I tell you, and I've shared already, God's blessed me, and I I want you to know that, and I want to share that with the people that are around me. It's nothing that I've done. I don't earn it. I haven't deserved it. I couldn't earn it if I worked my whole life. It's in his grace. It's in his mercy that I've received his care and his compassion. We are called today to see his provisions. Can I ask you, have you taken the time Maybe in this past week to just take a good look at what God's done for you. Not, not to see the problems, not to see the difficulties, not to see the shortcomings, not to see the hassles. But maybe to take the time to specifically fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. To get into focus God's grace and his mercy and his blessing in your life. Uh, we could sit around and like lots of people we could probably spend some time kind of uh, whining a little bit about our problems. You know all the problems that me, myself and I have brothers and sisters what we really need to do as God's children is we need to take the time and to be thankful for the blessings that the Lord Jesus has given to us and we need to see them we need to see those provisions and we need to remember today that as we behold the works of the Lord that he is continuing to work and we need to be trusting him day by day let me suggest to you that as we're called to see his provisions we are also called to be still in his presence Take a look at verse 10 of the text. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. This very straightforward statement to be still in his presence. Uh, Let me suggest to you it's not always easy to be still. I have to confess to you I, I wouldn't exactly say that I'm an individual that has attention deficit disorder. But maybe I have attention deficit disorder. I'm not really sure. I do know that I'm one of those individuals that find it hard just to sit in one place for very long. It's very difficult for me to just just sit there and and it's really difficult for me to sit there and do nothing. Uh, I I have to confess to you that even if I'm watching a television program, I can't tell you the number of times that I get up and I've at least gotta go get a drink of water, I've gotta go get a snack, I've gotta go do something else, uh, maybe some other chore and I do little bits and pieces. It's just hard for me to sit still, it just is. And uh, I sometimes have to force myself to sit there and be still. We have a natural, I think, sense of, of temptation uh, to all of a sudden in life when we are need to be still instead to try to work at it ourselves. Uh, there's a sense where we, we always think somehow we can figure things out and we'll be able to do it. I, I, I love to watch little children and I love it when you go to try to help a little child and you know you, you reach down and you try to help them and what do they say? No. I can do it myself. <laughs> you know, and you know, sometimes we as as God's children, we do the same thing. God's reaching down to help us, and what are we saying? No, I can do it myself. <laughs> and in reality, we need to take the time to let God work in our lives and to do what's needed in our lives. There is this very simple sense of a humanistic mindset that I believe has been, been kind of acquired by us as we walk in the midst of this world, and it begins to kick in and we get the whole idea that somehow we'll be able to get it all figured out. I've got some news for you today. I don't know where all this is going with this disease that's going on. I do know one thing, that no human being has all the answers. I know that for sure. I want to tell you, I'm very thankful for the leaders of our land. I'm thankful for the leaders of our state. I'm thankful for the people that are are working diligently and trying to prepare the best that they can to direct us and to care for us and and all kinds of things that are going on. And and everybody has their own opinions about what's the right thing to do. Uh, The truth of the matter is is there's only one right thing to do and that is to recognize that God is in control and he knows what he's doing and we simply need to put our trust into him. And brothers and sisters, we need to take some time and we need to be still and we need to enter into his presence. Listen carefully. Not just ask him into our presence. We need to be seeking and moving ourselves into his presence. There is a difference. Brothers and sisters, I want to suggest to you that uh, we need to deal with some of the things that are going on around us. There's always competition that's around us. Uh, there's those that are things that are always competing for our attention. There's things that are vying for our time, things that are vying for our thoughts. Uh, the world wants our attention. And it doesn't matter if it's TV, it doesn't matter if it's other people, it doesn't matter if it's hobbies, it doesn't matter if it's a job, it doesn't matter if it's that email that we just have to look at, It doesn't matter if it's Facebook that we just have to respond to, there's always something that's vying for our attention. Uh, many of you know that we have in our house, household a, uh, a grandchild, It's Hector the cat. (laughs) And uh, Hector uh, came our way, uh, was in another household, and uh, ended up being in our household. Uh, I can explain this some other time, but all three of our children, as wonderful as they are and as lovely as they are, as faithful as they've been, as as good as they are, they've all stuck us with a cat. (laughs) That's for them if they're listening. (laughs) But anyways, in the midst of it, we have Hector the cat. And Hector the cat is a very interesting cat. And uh, Hector and I have a love-hate relationship. He loves me, I hate him. And uh, (laughs) most of you know that's not 100% true. But uh, the truth of the matter is is that Hector is a very needy cat. There just isn't any other way to describe him. He's different. Whenever somebody comes to the door, Hector runs to the door. He gets up on the back of the couch that's there and he waits for people to come in because he wants to greet everybody that's there. Uh, Hector can't just uh, walk by you. He has to climb up on top of you. He can't just be on top of you, but he has to knead on you. And then not only does he have to knead on you, he has to get his face right up into your face. He, he just—it's it's as if he never had any attention whatsoever. And yet he gets more attention than any other cat that I've ever known. He, he just—he vies for that attention. And and when I think of Hector, I think of how the world's like that. The world is vying for your attention. All kinds of things trying to get your attention. Some are good things, some are bad things, but they're all trying to get our attention. And brothers and sisters, I want to suggest to you that we need to sometimes take all those things and set them aside so that we can be still in the presence of the Lord. There is certainly in the midst of our life confusion. That tries to creep in and whether it be the unknown or whether it be the uncertainty of life there is confusion and there is a contrast that's going on in the midst of our emotions and our minds and our thinking trying to figure out what's going to happen next (coughs) excuse me and brothers and sisters we need to we need to somehow let some of that confusion go by the wayside some of the things we're not going to solve some of the things we're not going to figure out The truth of the matter is some things we need to just put into the Lord's hands. And when there is all this confusion that's going on in the unknown and the uncertain, we need to set it aside, and we need to seek Him, and we need to seek His presence. There's also sometimes lots of commotion that's going on, all kinds of activity. There's always that storm that's around us. I don't know how many of you follow any of the storm trackers, but it's always interesting to see hurricanes. We've had some very bad hurricanes in our nation over the years. And uh, one of the things that's interesting about the makeup of a hurricane is is that the hurricane always has an eye in the hurricane. And the interesting thing about the eye is is that all of the wind is going around and around, around the eye. In the middle, in the eye of the storm, there's actually a stillness that's there. I was uh, uh, kind of uh, texting back and forth with some people uh, uh, back a little while back, a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, that was down in North Carolina uh, when the, the storm came in and came over the islands that were there. And it was interesting because it was big winds, big winds, and they got worse and worse and worse, and then they got really terrific high winds. And then all of a sudden there was a real quietness. There was a stillness. And of course then what happens is as the eye moves through, then it gets to the other eye wall and the wind starts going the other direction. And really twist things and that's why there's so much destruction in a hurricane but it's in the midst of the eye of the storm there is stillness and there's quietness Uh, I'm reminded of a song and there's a couple of songs that I I I like I'm not a real contemporary song guy but I can tell you there's a couple of them that I really enjoy and one of them is called in the eye of the storm and it says in the eye of the storm you remain in control in the middle of the war you guard my soul you alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet, between the black skies and my red eyes, I can barely see. When I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family, I can feel the rain reminding me. When my hopes and dreams are far from me and I'm running out of faith, I see the future I picture slowly fade away And when the tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face, I find my peace in Jesus' name. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. Brothers and sisters, we need to understand that in the midst of all the commotion, There is always the eye of the storm and we can be in the eye of the storm regardless of what's going on. The psalmist says, be still. Stop everything. Sit quietly. Seek him. We are called to see his provisions. We are called to be still in his presence. Can I suggest to you quickly that we need to be sure of his promises. Verse 10 says, be still and then catch this. It says, and know That I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. There is certainly given to us this challenge for us to be still and to know that he is God. It is a call, a confidence in his precious promises. I want to suggest to you that we need to take the time to be sure of his promises, to know them, some of you are uh, familiar. There's another song that I really like, and, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to try to read all of it, but there's a couple things. It, it's called, it's by Casting Crowns, and it's called Nobody, and uh, the very simple chorus that is go, goes there, it says, because I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody jesus but there's a couple of interesting lines that are in that song that i really like and one of them is is that moses had stage fright (laughs) and david brought a rock to a sword fight (laughs) and brothers and sisters i stop and i picture that just a little bit of how crazy it was for david to go up against goliath and everybody else has got all their armor everybody else has all the swords and the spears and everything else and they're afraid of goliath But David shows up with just some stones and a sling, and he's not afraid at all. There's something that I learned just recently. It's a whole different message, actually. I'd like to do a message on it sometime, but it's an interesting thing that I read, and I just never really noticed it before, and that is that after he struck Goliath, Goliath fell down, and it says that David went over to him, and it's interesting. He pulled the sword out of Goliath's sheep and cut off his head. You know what the scripture tells us there? Is Goliath never even got to pull a sword out. God took care of it before that. Brothers and sisters, we need to be reminded of his promises. We need to very clearly be having a sense of confidence and to be sure in his promises. The promises to sustain us. Whether it be from Egypt through the Red Sea and through the desert wandering, God sustained his people. By his word, the scriptures remind us, he will not leave us. He will be with us. He has a plan for us. He is in control. We need to remember that he is able to sustain us. It isn't just always a matter of us taking all the problems away. One of the things we're told of, actually, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're familiar with that passage, is it tells us there that he's able to provide for whatever it is, a way to escape, whatever it is, for us to get through the problem. God doesn't always take all the problems away. Sometimes he gives us the strength and the stamina to be able to move through those problems. Brothers and sisters... We need to be reminded of the promises of not only to sustain us, but the promise to supply for us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, we read this all the time, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Over in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it goes on to say, unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the, the, the work, the, the Lord that works within us. Brothers and sisters, We need to stop and recognize that he can supply whatever our needs are. I don't know what your needs are. I know what some of my needs are. I don't even know what my needs are for tomorrow but guess what? I know that God already knows what my needs are for tomorrow (laughs) so I don't need to really worry about those kinds of things. Let me suggest to you that we need to certainly be sure of his promises not only to sustain us and to supply for us uh, but there is in the midst of this and I think this is really crystal clear in the text and that is a very simple fact. There is the promise to save us. The promise of salvation, certainly practically and physically, as God provided for his people, but certainly spiritually as well. In John chapter 12, verse 42, it says, Jesus said, I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. We're reminded of his provision for us in salvation. He provides forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 says what? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us From all unrighteousness. He certainly reminds us that he's able to change us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He reminds us that he will abide with us as he saves us. In Revelation 3.20, it says, behold, I stand at the door knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me me and certainly he reminds us that he is in control when we read Romans chapter 8 verse 28 when we're reminded that he takes and he works all things together for the good to them that are the called according to his purpose to those that love him brothers and sisters we need to see his promise of salvation we need to see his promise that he will protect us and he will care for us and he certainly saves us spiritually most of us know the reality of receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord Most of us know what it is to be forgiven and to be cleansed. If you don't, I want to encourage you, you need to receive Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can really save us. But let me suggest to you that we need to pause together today. We need to see his provision. We need to be still in his presence. We need to be sure of his promises. God is our refuge, a very present help in trouble. May we put our trust, may we put our hope, we may, may we put our lives into his hands this day. I trust that this morning that each and every one of us would know the reality of simply God is your refuge. Let's pray. Father, again we thank you for the ways that you meet us day by day. Lord, we thank you for your provisions for us and Lord, we thank you that we can look back and we can see how you provide for us. Uh, day by day, ways that we could hardly imagine you're faithful. Lord, today we pray that you'll remind us that you are a refuge. When there are difficult times that we are in, when we're facing uh, difficult uh, things that maybe seem to be out of our control, remind us, Lord, that there isn't anything that's out of your control. Father, we just ask that today help us to be quiet and, Lord, to seek your face lord to not just ask you to come into our presence but lord draw us into your presence today that we might just be ready to receive from you that comfort that care that grace that you want to bestow upon us continue lord we pray to just meet every single need that we have here and every single need that uh, of those that are around us that we might all come back together again and testify of what you have done for truly You are our God. Truly, you are our refuge in the need and in the problems of life. Help us, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name.